0: Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. And let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. You you can go back to the book of James. I've just been enjoying teaching out of the book of James. I guess I'm going to get it all taught here in a little bit. Amen. Go back to the book of James. James chapter 5 this evening. We'll begin there in verse 13. Take about, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes here. Teach on prayer. It is a privilege to pray. We need to develop a passion to pray. Every person needs to have his own personal prayer life. I know there are times when it's not convenient to pray. Well, you need to do it anyway. And I want you to know there's no greater joy than having a prayer life that you're confident in to know that when you communion with God, that God hears you. I find it so amazing that so many people pray so fervently to a God that doesn't hear them. Especially the Muslim community. I'm not saying anything against them as a people. But it's amazing their, their discipline when it comes to prayer and how they'll kneel, uh, what is it, three times a day toward Mecca. And, and pray fervently. And, 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 and think that maybe their God might hear them. In reality they have no God that can hear them. But they still pray fervently. And then you find Christians many times. I remember years ago back in the mid-80s there was a, a kind of a stirring of a prayer revival with some people teaching on prayer. And I was in a particular pastor's church holding a series of meetings and I heard him get up in his, in his pulpit and say, well, you know, come to think of it, I never really pray. And I thought to myself, Really? He no I, now, now I may talk to the Lord every once in a while, but actually having a prayer life like these guys are teaching on, I've never really done that. I really don't think there's a need for it. I think we just need to listen to the Word of God, hear the Word of God, and obey Well, that's not true. In the Word of God, everyone that was successful in the things of God were people that prayed. Paul prayed. Jesus prayed. Peter, John, all the disciples learned to pray. David was a man of prayer. Moses was a man of prayer. Joshua was a man of prayer. Anybody that ever achieved anything in the kingdom were people of prayer. And we also need to be, as individuals, people of prayer. And as a church, we need to be a church of prayer. Jesus himself, when he came in and cleansed the temple, declared his house, and this is his house, amen, a place of prayer for all nations. Which means if there's prayer had anywhere, it ought to be had in the church. Now, here in the book of James, look what it says. Let's begin in verse 13. It says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Now, first of all, understand the word afflicted means anything that's you know, minor going on in your life, each and every individual ought to develop their prayer life to the point that the minor issues of your life are taken care of very easily with prayer. Let me say that again. Every person ought to develop their prayer life to the point that every little minor issue in your life that comes up you are well able to take care of it through your faith and your prayer life. Amen. You don't have to run to the church. You don't need a special meeting with a pastor. I mean, just all of the things that we face in life, you should be able to just pray those things through, no problem whatsoever. Amen. Now, it says, if any afflicted, let him pray. That's what it's talking about, minor afflictions of life. Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Amen. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, here is the doctrine of the anointing with oil. You say, well, do you do that at Island Church? We do that according to the Scriptures. I do not just automatically anoint everybody with oil. I believe, according to the Scriptures, and believe I can prove it true, that if you've been diagnosed with something and something's going on in your life, and you want to be ministered to along this line, we will minister to you along this line because you are coming to us desiring to be anointed with oil and therefore we will do that for you. I believe that is the correct pattern. I do not believe the correct pattern is to anoint everybody with oil that needs prayer. Amen. But I believe that faith in this scripture, if you come to me. Now, we've done it several times for several different people that have had afflictions and attacks of the enemy against their body. And they've come and said, Pastor, would you pray? Many times we minister to people privately like that. I'll bring them back to the office, Leah and I. We'll get the elders of the church. We'll get Brother Bobby. Uh, We'll get Alan and Roland. Uh, We'll get my dad. Uh, uh, We'll get uh, any other elders that uh, we feel like people that are elders in the church. And we'll get together and we'll anoint you with oil and we will pray the prayer of faith over you. You say, now, why why do you do it like that? Well, notice what it says again. Look at the Scripture. It says, is there any any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. See who initiates it? We do not initiate it as the ministry. You initiate it as the person that desires prayer. Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, the anointing of oil is just a place of, pra- of contact and transmission. The oil doesn't heal you. Uh, there's no significance to the oil other than you are obeying the Scriptures. Amen? You're obeying the Scriptures. Now, notice what it says after that. It says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. So what saves them? What gets them healed? It's the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. And if he have committed any sins, they shall be forgiven. him. You say, now why did God put that scripture in there? Because many times it is sin that opens the door to sickness and disease. That's pretty weak amen, but it's true. Many times it is sin, and many times it's not some heinous sin of bank robbery or drug addiction. Many times it's just the sin of unbelief. Where you've backed away from God, you hadn't been staying fervent in the things of God, you hadn't had the fire of God burning on the inside of you, you've got apathetic, you've got complacent, you've kind of been laying out of church, next thing you know, your body's starting to give you trouble. Well, I wonder why. It's because the door has been opened to the enemy. No, then you come, you say, Lord, forgive me, I won't do that anymore. I'll stay in your word, I'll stay in prayer, I'll stay in church, I'll do the will of God, I'll be a doer of the word of God, and I guarantee you that'll close the door many times to the physical attack of upon your body. I ought to get a better amen than that. So, the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he hath committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him. Then it says this, confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, this doesn't t- this doesn't talk about just airing all your dirty laundry. You know, I remember my story about the three preachers that were out fishing. I got to tell it, amen, so everybody get it three preachers that are out fishing so they they they're out fishing together out in the boat out in the bay and so they, they they one of them says you know there's a scripture there in the book of James it says confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed so i, I think we ought to confess uh, one to another so that you know maybe if there's anything going on that we need uh, help you know god will help us in that area. so one of them said well okay he says you know he says uh, uh you know uh, uh, i've always had this problem with uh, dipping into the offering you know, I just see a $100 bill in there, and, and I don't do it all the time, but every once in a while, I just reach in there and grab some. I don't know why I do it. I just do it. And the other one said, You know, I, I've, I've got a, a, a secretary I hired. She's young and pretty, and I knew I shouldn't have hired her. And every once in a while, my eyes just stray over to her. I know I shouldn't be doing it, but it, it's really. Problem. And the other guy jumped out of the boat and started swimming with everything he had for the shore. So they hollered to him, Where are you going? What are you doing? He hollered back, I'm a gossip. And I can't wait to get back to the shore and tell everybody what you guys have been doing. Amen. Actually, this is talking about making confession of things where you have missed the mark when it comes to the things of God because we can educate one another. Many times when I get up and teach and preach and talk about things that work and talk about things I've done that have not worked, when I'm talking about things that I've done that have not worked, that have been a mistake or I've done this and it wasn't God, that is a confession of my faults where I have missed it, where I've not heard from God correctly, where I've done this and that. In so doing, we educate and we hone one another's spirit so that we will not be able to make the same mistake that this person made or that person made or by your mistake or by your problem you're able to help somebody else not to make that same mistake. That's in reality what this is talking about. This is not talking about airing all the different things of your life because you do. I guarantee somebody's going to talk about you. And second thing, I don't want to know it. So don't come confessing that stuff to me. There are things to this day <laughs> that people have told me that Leah still brings up, you know. <laughs> And I think, why did you ever tell me that? It will be eternity before this gets cleansed out of my mind, you know. No, you confess those things to the Lord according to the book of 1 John. Amen. Hallelujah. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Always pray. Now, I pray for you. Do you pray for me? Pray for your pastor. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your ministers, your Sunday school teachers. Pray for the ushers. Pray for everyone. Then pray for one another. Pray for your mom, your dad. I pray for my family all the time. I pray for you guys. I pray for other people. I got a list. I list them. I got people that I'm praying for to get saved. I got a big list of people that are just away from God that I'm constantly praying over. I'm speaking to that righteousness on the inside of them. I'm saying, wake up in the name of Jesus. I'm praying that they come to themselves, especially if they've got themselves into a pig pen, amen, and recognize there's bread in the Father's house. Come back to church. Come back to God. We love you. We care about you. I pray that continually. Pray for one another. That strengthens us as a body, amen. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I love this in the Amplified. It says the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer Of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Oh, if we could only just get a glimpse into the spirit realm of what goes on when we kneel and pray. If we could just see for five seconds, as you begin to pray, and as you begin to use the name of Jesus. How the angels stand at attention and begin to listen for the word of God in your prayer because they respond to the word. Amen. How demon powers begin to pull back and shrink back because you're on your knees praying and using the name of Jesus. How circumstances and situation, how God's hand comes down out of the unseen realm and moves into the seen realm and begins to do do things on your behalf and begins to make provision for you and begins to set things up for your life. Can I get a better amen? If we could just see for a few moments into that realm. You say, then why doesn't God let us do it? Because we have to do it by faith. We have to do it by faith. If you notice, I was studying the other day because my Bible reading has kind of flipped back around and I'm back in the front of the the Word in my Old Testament reading. I'm back in Exodus right now. And I was noticing the interaction of God with Moses. How many actual visitations he had and the word of the Lord that would come to him and these outstanding manifestations I mean it was like he was walking with God hand in hand well you know that's his dispensation not ours in ours it is the just shall live by faith that's what makes us so unique in who we are that's what's going to make us unique in eternity because we are those that Jesus talked about who in not seeing believed not hearing heard are you with me? responded to everything about Jesus when our physical senses were literally put at a disadvantage. We had no Sinai burning bush experience. We had no mountain of transfiguration experience. But still we believe God. We come to church. We tithe and offer. We tell people about Jesus. We send missionaries around the world. God blesses faith. And he says the fervent, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. We are righteous in Christ. He that knew no sin was made sin on our behalf. 2 Corinthians 5.21 That we through him have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. You are righteous. I said you are righteous. Because of that, your prayer makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working. If we could just see it, but we don't. Verse 17. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now notice, Elijah's prayer, commingled with the word of God and the will of God, caused tremendous effect to manifest. It as, it's as if God puts in control... Those who will pray. I wrote this down. It was in Andrew Murray's book. It seems God does nothing except someone prays. No one can get a prayer answered like you can. No one can get a prayer answered for you like you can. Listen, listen, thank God we're pastors and we pastor and we minister the Word of God and we teach the Word of God. We do all of that. But listen, you need confidence in your own prayer life. You need to get on your knees. You need to ask God for some specific things. You need to see some breakthroughs and you need to gain some experience so you will have confidence in your own prayer life because nobody can get a prayer answered for you like you can get a prayer answered for you. You're righteous. You have right standing with God. You have access to God. You can go to the very throne room of God. You, commit, you can obtain mercy in time of need. You can do it. I said you can do it. Have some confidence and faith in your own prayer life that you can get something done. Amen? Now, three little points and then we'll close. Number one, you. Everybody say me. You. Everybody say me. You should pray over your everyday needs amen you don't need special prayer you don't need to come every service say pastor please pray I can pay my light bill no 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 you should pray over your everyday needs because when you see the answers of God then that builds that confidence amen then you need to understand that there is help available to you if you have to deal with situations beyond your ability to walk in faith That's why God has given the ministry. That's why we ask people to come up on Sunday mornings, Wednesday night, whenever we feel the unction of God in us to minister to people. We open up the altars. We invite people to come up. We get Brother Alan, Sister Pat. We get Brother Bobby and Sister Janice. My wife and I, others many times have also helped us in the ministry up there, up here. We will expand that in the future where more of you can come up and be prayer partners with us in the altar. But that is for us when we get something that's beyond our own personal faith. Then we come up and we get into agreement. That's when the prayer of agreement works. That's when we begin to pray together. That's when we begin to understand the Bible says if we agree as touching anything here on earth, it shall be done of the Father that's in heaven. That's when we begin to use authority. That's when we begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. That's when anointings get released. And that's when we see spectacular results. But in the meantime, learn to pray over All of your daily needs. And then the third time, this is good. The third thing. Being human does not hinder you from receiving from God. Learn to stay with it. Elijah, the Bible said, was a man of like passions. If you study that, it actually means he was a man with the same weaknesses, the same inabilities, and the Bible actually says in the Amplified, with the same constitution. You say, what do you mean? We look in the Bible and we see the Moses's and we see the Elijah's and we see the Apostle Paul's and we think, oh, they had some kind of special deal with God. They had no special deal with God. They were people just like us with weaknesses, with inabilities, subject to fear, subject to doubt, subject to unbelief, but they stayed with it. They wouldn't quit. They wouldn't back off. They kept praying. They kept believing God. They kept standing because they knew that if they would not quit, God would not quit. Let me say that again. You need to hear that. If you will not quit, God will not quit. That is the only way you get through in your prayer is you make a decision. I, for years, I've taught the I'm not going to quit prayer. I've taught it to you many times. You remember that? You go to the Father. You say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to tell you something today as I kneel in prayer. I want you to know I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. And then you say, by the way, Heavenly Father, I know seated on your right hand is Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. I know the mercy seat is right there next to Him and His blood is poured upon that mercy seat. And while I'm up there talking to both of you guys, I just want you to know, Jesus, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. And then you say to the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit of God, I know you're in me through salvation. I know you're on me through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I want you to know something tonight. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. Then you talk to the angelic realm. You say, angels of God, listen to me. You that respond to the Word of God. You that are servants to to those that are heirs of salvation. I want you to hear what I'm saying in prayer tonight. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to quit. Then you say to all the demonic realm and the devil himself, Satan, Lucifer, and every demon on the planet, i got a message for you tonight. I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to quit. Then you know what you do? You go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. You go to the bathroom, you open the door, you step inside, right over the sink. There's something called a mirror. You look into that mirror and you point at that image looking back to you and you say it fervently and you say it with faith and you say it with courage. Listen to me. I'm not going to quit. 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 And then you put up your hands and you start thanking God. And I guarantee you, if you will make that resolve on the inside of you, you may have times when you get knocked back, but you'll get up. You may have times when you look like you've been set back, but you'll always step forward. It'll look like times you've been knocked down, but you'll get up and dust yourself off, and you will make the decision, I am not going to quit. I'm going to stay with it till I get my prayer answered. And I guarantee you, God will vindicate every person that will do that in Jesus' name. And if you make a decision to do that, get ready. The blessings in your life, the breakthroughs in your life, and all that you desire for God to do is fixing to roll into your life. Just like a procession of blessing coming into a city or coming in somewhere, else, it will just come into your finances, come into your health, come into your family, your job, your business. Every area of your life will be touched by the hand of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Lift your hands up and worship God tonight. Father, we glorify your name. Lord, you are the God that hears and answers prayer. We thank you, Father, that the heartfelt prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. We thank you for it, Father. Now, let's, take, let's just take a couple of minutes and pray. Just take a couple of minutes and open your mouth up and pray right now. Whatever needs you be having, whatever you may be praying about, it might be your job, it might be your finances. If you're praying about healing, just thank God that you're healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. If you need direction, if you need breakthrough in a business, if you need finances, just rejoice that God hears your prayer. Maybe you need to pray that I'm not going to quit prayer. Just tell God, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. And stay with it and stick with it and continue to pray and continue to believe God and pray one for another. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We glorify your name. We exalt you, Lord God. We magnify you. We worship you. You are the God with eyes that see. The God with ears that hear. The God with hands that reach down into our lives. You are the God with feet that run quickly and passionately into our situations of life. You are the God of compassion and mercy. You are the God of all grace and righteous judgment. And we glorify and we worship you tonight in Jesus' name. And everyone says, hallelujah. Stand on your feet this evening. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy, your grace. And as we always do, our closing prayer encompasses your ability to protect us and keep us safe. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services Sunday morning 10:45. Tuesday prayer 7:30. Thursday evening, midweek service 7:30. We are located 2411, 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.